You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, it's Russ. Welcome to My Hammers 11. Today I am joined by um, Robert Banks, author, as many of you know, West Ham fans, A Rational Hatred of Luton, which I loved, uh, West Ham Till I Die and The Legacy of Barry Green. Have I got them right, Rob? Yep. And also, he's the man who's keeping me sane um, because he's uploading all the end of season reviews onto his YouTube channel. So it's like my binge watch Netflix. I've done Tiger <laughs> King. And so now it's, uh, now it's all the West Ham reviews. Hi, Robert. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Um, trying to keep trying to keep busy. I'm lucky, luckily enough, I'm able to work from home. So yeah, nothing's really changed in that respect. It's just, uh, you know, I don't have to get on the train every morning. It's I know fantastic. it's lovely, isn't it? It's lovely yeah. in a way. You're saving lots of money that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what we do is on, on this channel is, is basically, obviously, we find out you're 11 and I'm really interested about finding out about the, the players you pick. But what we do first is just to prove your your West Ham credentials, so to speak. Oof. Oh, so a little, little, little quiz, a bit like the sort okay. of the uh, citizenship check test. Um, <laughs> just, just to say, just to prove. This, you know, this could be really embarrassing. <laughs> I'm sure there's no wrong answers, which is great. Um, okay. As they say. So the first question we ask is what was your earliest West Ham memory? Oh, uh, well, uh, the, the whole reason that I support West Ham is, is the 1975 FA cup final. Um, my dad, uh, we had a black and white television right up until that point. Uh, my dad went out that Saturday morning and it wasn't because of the cup final, but he just happened to buy a colour television that day. Oh, yeah, great. And uh, it was the first football match I saw in colour. Um, wow. So uh, it's hard. I, I guess it's hard for the millennial generation to believe that. But yeah. there, were only, there was only the FA Cup final and a few England matches on TV uh, in those days. So... A, you didn't see much football, and what you did see was in black and white, and um, or, or in our house anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it was the first football match I saw at home on TV in colour. West Ham won, and it was just the whole, you know, I was taken in by the whole um, atmosphere and the colour, that you know, the, the claret and blue yeah. shirts and everything. And and to be fair, um, you know, there was a bit of a connection there already because Dad had a, a friend at work who was who was at the game. 
and um, you know, it was, I think it would have been about six or seven. And he said, yeah. "Oh, you know, keep an eye out. You might see him." So, uh, <laughs> so we were glued. We were glued to it as kids watching it anyway. But um, yeah, that that was what got me. That was what got me hooked on West Ham. And I was into football anyway at that point. Yeah, sure. But I, I hadn't really got a club, um, you know, that I was really passionate about. So. That was what got me. And that's it. And then that was it. That was it for life. Yeah. Then, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 I, I've, I've often wondered. It's one of those sliding doors moments. Yeah. If West Ham had lost that day. Perhaps you know, uh, things would have been different. What would have been? What would have been? So, if that was your earliest memory, um, what would you say, Robert, was your greatest memory? It doesn't have to be a game. It could be meeting a player, or I don't know, bumping into some of a West Ham shirt in the middle of. Venezuela or something like that you know anything that yeah. sh- sticks in your mind uh it's difficult really I, I i suppose in terms of in terms of uh you know there's 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 great memories in terms of you know how you look back on things and remember mm. them fondly and there's other things that that you that you go through an emotion at the time um I, I mean i remember in my my second full season um uh, it was about 80, I think it was 84, 85. We beat Norwich in the fourth round of the FA Cup. And, and when you think about it now, it's not, it's not a big deal. But I just remember the atmosphere in the ground that night because we came from 1-0 down to win 2-1. And everyone doing the conga down Green Street on the way home and, and stuff like that. Those, those sort of things stick in the yeah. memory. But obviously also my involvement with the books and everything. Yes. Um, you know, it, it's given me a bit of a privileged position uh, from time to time. I've, I've been very lucky to to be invited behind the scenes a few times to to various things and um, I did the 50-50 draw on the pitch in 2003 I think it was um, so there's been you know in a, a few things like that that, that that stick in the mind when I was involved with the fanzine we used to go in and talk to Harry Redknapp for a couple of hours every season and um, uh, you know that was a, a great privilege sure um, it's, yeah, it's I mean, you've got your. It's hard. It's hard. The great idea is obviously for a lot of people they have different things. Some it's a game. As you said, some it mm. might have been just that Norwich game to you was. Yeah, it'd be obvious moment. to pick out things like, of course, you know, the the playoff final or. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a big regret of mine throughout my West Ham career, my West Ham career, my <laughs> fanship career, that um, I missed all three playoff finals. Uh, and I missed the cup final in 2006. I wasn't there. So, you know, I feel yeah. um, that I've, I've really uh, missed out on a lot. But, but I was all, I've also I've been there at Stockport on a, on a wet Wednesday night when Dowie scored his own goal. So I've, you know, let no one doubt my credentials. No, I, I no, no, no one, no one doubts your <laughs> But no, yeah, it's it's funny. It's yeah, as I said, that you, you know, in very sort of similar to me, Robert. You know, in terms of having some some privileged access so to speak mm. so you know i was i was fortunate to obviously i i, I played the music of west ham and that for you know, 20 years almost now and and seeing um you know around sort of the last game of the season last game at the old the old gaff mm. um being able to i think it was on jury service so it was it, the, the case oh, starts no. in the afternoon so i spent two hours three hours in the morning just walking around the stadium you know sitting where i used to sit my granddad and having a mm. wee in the cha- changing room and, you know, things like that, which <laughs> no one else could do, but it's like, I did it. So it was all right. Yeah. yeah. No, it's great. It's, um, it's, yeah, as I said, it's, it's one of those things. Everyone has these are different games and things like that. And yeah, obviously people talk about that. It switch playoff game as, yeah. know, as, as being, you know, but yeah, I agree. It's the, it's the little ones. And these are the, yeah. 
the conga line down the green street and stuff like that. It's great. Yeah. Right. Cool. Okay. What we'll do is we'll, we'll crack on actually. We'll go with your, with your hammers 11. Right. So, okay. um, there's a few rules. Um, one is it's four, four, two, no fancy down. Okay. That's good. That's, how I set it out. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's nice and simple. Um, secondly, it's your 11. So it doesn't necessarily have to be the best players, the best left back, mm. but your favorite players, maybe, or your players, which you, shouted at the most when they were playing for West Ham mm. or whatever you know it's, it's it's up to you and the last rule is you must have seen them play live so you must have been alive to see them so obviously I couldn't put in Bobby Moore or Jeff Hurst but I could put yeah. in Andy Impey and <laughs> Danny for example yeah <laughs> so yeah so, Interesting selections. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, it's the ones that's come in front of mind all the time. Me and Andy uh-huh. and P and uh, and Danny, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, so what are we going with, Robert? Are we going to go for your best players, or yeah? What I've done is because um, you said it was it was uh, like a free choice. I I've actually selected an eleven of uh, players that I've either um, spoken to or met. Um, yeah. You know, uh, more than just a. Uh, getting an autograph or a selfie kind of level, you know, so people that I've um, engaged with over the years and, and I'd like to think uh, not, not necessarily that they'd remember me, but, um, but that it was more, so something a bit more than just a handshake. So um, it's a personal thing for various reasons. Yeah. That's brilliant. Love that. Okay. Right. Who are we sticking between the sticks of the bank's 11? There is only one candidate and and it would be this guy, whatever the criteria and that's Phil Parks. (laughs) Yep. Um, he was the goalkeeper uh, when I started going to watch West Ham regularly in 83. Uh, obviously, he was the cup-winning goalkeeper in 1980. Yeah. And um, through, through various uh, avenues and social media, I got, got to know his daughter quite well. And um, as a result of that, we managed to get him along as a special guest on the West Ham podcast, uh, Stop Hammer Time, yeah. that I'm involved with. Um, we had a good chat. Uh, he signed a few bits for me and then we thought no more about it until my latest book came out, uh, two years ago. Uh, and he very graciously agreed to write the forward for it. Wow. So, um, nice uh, we had a very, very long chat on the phone. Um, and, uh, he put down a, a thousand words or so for me. Fantastic. And, um, and ever since then, and, and then he went and got, a. Uh, he asked for a couple of copies of the book, which obviously I was happy to oblige with. And um, as a nice little surprise, uh, he sent me one copy back signed by the entire wow. 1980 Cup squad. Wow. So that's, that's one of my prized possessions now. Oh, what a guy. And that's the thing. He, <laughs> yeah. it's the thing obviously, people's different stories. And obviously, diff- we interview different ages and people from different mm. places around the world. But the, the guys who talk about Phil Parks talk about him with so fond memories. Um, yeah. And it, it just, and he seems like the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. He is and a lovely, lovely guy. Yeah. But um, okay. We'll put Parks in. So if Parks is in okay. goal. Who's going to go left back? Left back. Um, I've gone with Julian, Julian Dix. Mm. Uh, again, through, uh, through work in the, uh, in the podcast, uh, he was one of the live guests that we had, and um, again, uh, not afraid to speak his mind. I think it's fair to say uh, at that time. That was before he was involved back with the club with with Slaven Bilic uh, when he brought him back as a coach. So I think he felt a bit more able to speak his mind. But I'd uh, I'd done a quiz that night for for those that were present, and one of the questions I'd uh, uh, put down was 
mentioned that he was hammer of the year three times. Uh, and the, the, the question was, who was he runner up to in 80, 89, I think it was. And uh, this, this Bristolian accent from the back of the room piped up. It was four times. <laughs> so uh, there's a man who knows his own history. He knows his own history. Uh, yeah, bless him. Wasn't afraid to correct me. Um, but he was, he was really good about it. And, um, you know, what, and again, what a nice guy. And uh, completely opposite to his on-field on mm. Uh, persona yeah and and a great player as well you know on the oh, what a left what what a left foot what a left uh, foot, what he, a left foot. Yeah. i mean i i i, I think i came quite sort of late-ish into west Ham. so i think 90 92 93 season was mm. was uh was when i started so the promotion season so i was a glory hunter um and um and he scored the first goal i ever saw at western which was the um, oh, five right. five three at oxford united uh-huh. and uh-huh. it was like i think it's like 35. Sort of swerved all over the place. Yeah, but it's one of those bangers. And I was actually, I was on the Stop Hammer Time podcast the other day with Phil and Jim. And, and one thing we were talking about is no one scores those belters anymore. You know, there's 35 mm. yards with no spin, just... But as soon as you yeah. hit it, with no backlift, you knew it was going in. Um, they're always trying to put... Always trying to curl it into the top corner now, aren't they? Not just just hit it yeah. so hard that the keeper can't get anywhere near it. Exactly. And, yeah, uh, yeah it's a missed start. But, I mean, you know, around sort of the 80s, you had, like, you know, obviously Julian would do it. You had, you know, Martin Allen. You had, mm-hmm. you had people like uh, Stuart Slater, Liam Brady. They could really, like, hit them, yeah. you know, really hard and just didn't care. Yeah. Just straight through them. Right, okay, so put Julian on the left. Who are we going for on the right then, Robert? Okay, um, slightly out of position. Uh, I hope you'll indulge me. Oh, uh, but I... I've selected Stuart Pearce as the other fullback. Um, it would have been back in about 2000. Uh, I read his autobiography, which was uh, quite revealing. And it was while he was still at the club. And I dropped him a quick line um, in the post to the club to say, read your book, really enjoyed it. I'd like to, could I possibly interview you for uh, the West Ham fanzine? I was writing for Overland and Sea at the time. Mm. Thought no more about it. A couple of weeks went by. And uh, I'd, been, I'd come home early from work because I was feeling unwell. And I'd gone to bed and the phone rang. I was about an hour. So I was half asleep, uh, stark naked, and scrambled across the room, picked up the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Stuart Pierce, West Ham United. Uh, so I'm like, uh, mm, it's not a great time, Stuart. Um, <laughs> Uh, can we? And he was—he was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I've got your letter. I'd love to do an interview. Um, so we we arranged to do it that Sunday night. Spent a couple of hours on the phone with him, um, and again, uh, not afraid to speak his mind. Yeah. But because he was still with the club, he asked to see the uh, what I was intending to print before um, before it was published, which was yeah. fair enough. But he was. Uh, I would say a man of his word and didn't, didn't mess me about. He was absolutely fantastic. Um, and again, with Stuart Pierce, what you see is what you get. Yeah. Yeah. And he comes across really well on, on, on media when he's doing talk sports and things like that, particularly yeah. at the moment, because there's no bloody sport. And, and he's <laughs> another, he's, he was another one that could strike a football. 
Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> God, yeah. God, yeah. But yeah, old Piercy. He was probably phoning yeah. you in the in the evening when I'm coming back from a gig, doesn't he? He loves his music, doesn't he? He loves his oh, yeah. music yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is quite a formidable set of fullbacks, I must admit. <laughs> <laughs> Who have we got as your, um, as your defense, defensive giants in the centres? Okay. Um, I've picked Rio, yep. Rio Ferdinand. Um, and I met Rio when he was still in the youth team. Uh, went to watch a youth team match at White Hart Lane. Uh, I think it was a cup match. It might even have been in that uh, when they won the uh, youth cup in um, 95, was it? Uh, Anyway, um, in the same team as young Frank and um, uh, whatever. And um, just happened to be... I think they, they'd opened up the press area at White Hart Lane and we were just having a sandwich or whatever. And I happened to be going down the stairwell and he was coming up the other way. And I had my tape machine with him and I just said, oh, Rio, do a few words for the fanzine. And he, again, good as gold. I mean, he was 17 years old, to be fair. Um, he probably didn't know how to say no. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but again, gave me, gave me a good 20 minutes of his time. And, um, uh, you know... I got the impression that he was a very well-balanced individual. Mm, mm. And, and, and when you see what he's been through in his life since then, I think he's dealt with it in, in, a, in a way that a lot of professional footballers wouldn't have done. Mm. Um, and he's, uh, he's obviously one, one very level-headed and well-balanced individual. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, 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 you know, he was, he was, he was only a kid really when he played for us, isn't it? But he still oozed, oozed this sort of, this sort of class, which I don't think we, we've as a club, but we as a nation really has had that sort of classy centre back. I mean, the only, the only, the only player who's really come close to him in terms of maturity at such a young age, I would say is probably Declan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But even then, you know, you could tell that even playing for the youth team, I think um, on the Stop Hammer Time podcast, they were talking about Lampard in the same, in the mm. same way. I mean, as, as a 16, 16, 17 year old, even you could tell he was going to be a quality player, um, even if, you know, maybe not putting in the shift that he might do. But, but with Rio, you could just tell, I mean, his first touch was fantastic. Yeah. His distribution is, I mean, he could quite easily have played in midfield yeah. for his whole career. Yeah. Easily. Without a problem at all. Easily. Yeah. That's nice. Okay, so we've got Rio. Who's your other centre-back? My other centre-back is Slaven Bilic. Um, and I think they probably did play together Yeah. Um, quite a bit. Uh, in fact, mm, no, that back four hasn't, doesn't quite fit together. But, no, um, just one out, I think. No, yeah. Um, uh, I interviewed Slaven outside Roker Park uh, in, I think it was, 96 when there was all this speculation going on about him leaving. Uh, and, and at the time, the speculation was that he was going to go to Tottenham. Mm. And uh, I have to say, I was a little bit, I was a little bit rough with him. Um, but he was, uh, I was a little bit accusatory, shall we say. <laughs> um, and he was, I mean, he stutters quite, or he stutters a lot worse then than he, than he does now. But he was... He got through his uh, his reply, and his his message to me was, I've "Got a wife and kids, you know. Um, mm. What do you want me to do? Uh, mm. I like it here. I, I I enjoy my time here. The fans are great. Um, I love the club, but 
you know, are you going to tell me that if you didn't get a better offer from somewhere in your line of work, you wouldn't take it? And uh, I was a bit, I was a bit sort of startled by that because mm. I was expecting some crock of shite about, you know, oh well, you know, it's all, you know, it's speculation. Nothing to do with me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it speaks to my agent, sort of thing. You know. Um, and again, again, um, he didn't. I, I feel that he didn't lie to me. Um, and uh, he honoured his contract to the end of the year, at least to yeah. to see us see us safe. And um, uh, obviously, it didn't work out for him um, going to Everton, which he perceived to be a bigger club. Mm. Yeah, but, no, exactly. Um, yeah, but um, I was so happy when he came back because I felt that he did he did get the club. Um, yeah, and he under yeah. he understood the fans. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, he's and 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 even. I think even when he came back as West Brom manager, you could see there was still he was, he was obviously trying. He was trying so hard, you know. He was really blessed. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's his. I think yeah, and obviously he'll always be remembered for that last season at Upton Park, and 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 you know having having a, a West Ham boy, so to speak, mm. in, as manager in that last season made a big difference. I think yeah. just for the passion. I mean, for me, it's the only decent managerial appointment that. Golden Sullivan have made. Um, obviously, you could argue that Allardyce was was the right right choice, given that he got us up and kept us up. But um, the the appointment of Allardyce was really the only uh, the appointment. Sorry, the appointment of uh, Billich was the only one that um, he was the only one that would have given us that final season. Yeah, yeah. I think of, yeah, of no, the candidates that were around at the time. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Okay, so that's a that is a formidable back four, Rob. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't goal, argue with them. Plenty of yeah. goals as well, which is good. Yeah. Um, and a, and a penalty taker as well, which is always useful with Dixie. <laughs> so, um, okay, so who have we got in the middle? Who you got left wing? Uh, left wing, I've chosen Stan Lazaridis. Oh, laser! Good shout. Yeah. Um, another. I've I've either gone for people that are absolutely uh, really. I've found to be really honest or yeah. really genuinely nice yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. And Stan, Stan was an absolutely lovely guy. And um, he, uh, we interviewed him on several occasions on away trips for, for the fanzine. But on one, one particular occasion uh, up at Newcastle, I remember talking to him after the game and he offered me his seat on the plane going back because he didn't like flying. And it was a, it was a propeller driven aircraft. Can you can you believe uh, a professional footballer from Australia yeah. has a fear of flying? Exactly. Um, I, I think it was particularly because this was a bit of a rickety old, uh, mm. you know, he was having to sit next to the tail gunner or something. And um, he, he actually said, you know, oh, he said, did you come up by car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's five of us in the car. He said, I'll I, I happily swap with you if you want to go back on the plane. I said, well, I don't think it works like that, Stan. You know, <laughs> could you imagine like, your mates as well? You know, yeah, like, yeah. I was just Stan. So Stan's right. going <laughs> Stan, to take my seat on you. That's fine. Um, good old Stan. Loved him. Loved him to yeah. bits. I was very unfortunate, unfortunate to be right down the front of the uh, the Bobby Moore stand at Upton Park the night that he snapped his uh, mm. his ligaments, and yeah. I actually heard it crack. Um, awful, awful night. I think it was Grimsby in the cup or um, anyway, was right down the front and heard it and heard him scream and it was absolutely awful. But uh, what a lovely, lovely fella. Yeah. And a great player and so quick. Mm. He was one of those players. I mean, watching your, 
digitalization of the reviews you like yeah. seeing stan again running like running down that left wing was just well, it was a different occasion but you remember uh him scoring that goal at newcastle from, yeah. from way out yeah, yeah. That, that was a couple of years before yeah uh, my meeting with him but yeah oh brilliant all right so you got you got laser on the left who you got on the right uh again slightly out of position but uh i've gone with florin radichoyu yeah, I like uh, it. Yeah, interesting choice, but uh, he sticks in my mind particularly. Again, same day I spoke to Slaven Bilic, I spoke to Florian Radichoyu outside Roker Park. And um, uh, what, what a nice guy. I mean, his English wasn't, wasn't very good, yeah. but we, we managed to communicate. And uh, I had my little tape machine with me, and I waved it at him to kind of do an interview. And he thought I wanted a, a photograph. <laughs> so he put his arm around me um, and I said, no, 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 not, not uh, photograph, interview, interview. And he went, ah, oh, interview, yes, yes. But he, we did the whole interview with him with his arm around me, which um, oh, I thought was rather nice. Oh, um, sweet. And it's such a shame that I didn't, I was before the days of um, smartphones and whatever, and it's such a shame that uh, I didn't manage to get a photograph that day. But um, again, yeah. lovely fella and very professional in um, in the way that Harry would not uh, let you believe. Um, mm. I don't believe any of his stories about, you know, being going shopping at Selfridges or um, not making himself available for the trip to Stockport. I believe there was, there was a breakdown in communication in some way. Mm. Um, but if he'd been given a bit more of a... Uh, bit of a longer leash i think he would have been a really good player for us yeah there was there was definitely glimpses wasn't there um mm. glimpses and i think yeah it was that whole sort of raft of foreign players and i think if they'd been given a little bit more time mm. you would have seen obviously you look at someone like swansea when swansea brought in three spanish players but with martinez and the other two and they sort of ch- transformed swansea i think yeah we could have had the same thing with those three. i think they just tried to do too much too yeah, soon and i think right. it was around that time that we didn't have one english player in the side no and um, if they if they sort of brought them in, as you say, two or three at a time, would have been better. But, yeah. Make a So we got Florian on the on the right. Who have we got in in your centre midfield positions, Robert? Okay, uh, my first choice, and again, probably someone I would pick regardless of the criteria. Um, Sir Ian Bishop. Um, what a fantastic player that guy was, and uh, one of the few players that we've had in the last thirty years that could just sort of dictate play from the middle yeah. of the field without it, without really doing anything, just stand on the ball and pick out a pass. Um, and I think it was about 2014. He was, he was, uh, you know, he lives in America now, but yeah. he was, he was over to do a few business things. And um, we'd been in touch about possibly the possibility of me ghostwriting a book, uh, autobiography for him. And, uh, we sat down, had a chat with the publishers, and uh, we had a few discussions about what sort of stories might feature. Um, and it got to the contract stage, but he decided at the end of the day not to do it. So, um, but again, um, really nice guy, um, plenty of time, and he always retweets all my stuff <laughs> these days. Um, so, uh, yeah, lovely fella, great player, um, and uh, little known fact. About Ian Bishop. Do you know what football team he supports? No. He's an Arsenal fan. Oh, I can't believe that. 
and I, want to, and I want to get him on the channel. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we'll let that one slide. We won't mention that. Yeah. But yeah, he was a class player in, in, a, in, a, in an era when there wasn't, when there wasn't class play, if that makes sense. He had like, I think he was ahead of yeah. his time in terms of that classness, you know, sort of a David well, Silver type classness. Yeah. But I think it's a testament to him that he's a legend at whatever club he's played at. He's loved yeah. at Man City. He's loved, yeah. well, he didn't really get much of a chance at Everton, but he's very fondly remembered at Bournemouth. Yeah. Uh, even Carlisle, you know, where he, um, I don't know how many appearances he made, but, you know, when you, when you, you look at his Twitter feed, you'll see all the, all the um, fans of those clubs absolutely him, still yeah. adore him. And also by retweeting to his, you know, 20-odd thousand followers, it helps you out of your, 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 your views yeah. as well, Rob. So it's all good. Okay, who's partnering Bish in the middle? Um, and this is a slightly... He, he doesn't quite fit the... Well, he does fit the criteria in that we spoke. Um, Ile Berkovich. Uh, opening day away at Barnsley on, in 97... 9798. Uh, I approached him outside the, the ground after the game for an interview and he claimed not to be able to speak English. Um, and then, so I went off and interviewed Steve Potts instead, who was very close to making this 11, by the way. Yeah. Um, and uh, I turned around and I heard him speaking in fluent English to, uh, to another journalist. So um, I effectively got told to fuck off by Isle Berkovich. So uh, that, that's, that's, that's how he... Uh, because, but I could forgive him because he was such a great player, um, and he transformed that that team in the yeah. mid nineties. You know, yeah, he yeah. was the missing link, definitely. Um, okay, you know, Hearts and Kitson were the scoring the goals, but he was the One he was up. the supplier. Yeah. yeah, he wouldn't have scored. I don't think Hartson would have scored half as many if it wasn't for Berkovich's little dinks inside. That is nice. You have got pace. You got a lot of creativity in that midfield. Rob, I like that. I'm actually looking at this team and thinking it could do a job. Yeah, could definitely do yeah. a job now. All right, who, but who's going to be, you know, who's going to be your front line? Who are going to be your two strikers to 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 win these get these goals for this team? Okay, um, first first one picks himself. That's Tony Cotty. Um, another really nice guy. Do anything for you. He was uh, when my first book was coming out uh, in '95. Um, he was also doing his autobiography with the same publishing house and uh, the script for my book happened to be on the publisher's desk and he was leafing through it and he said oh this is quite good he said um, do you think he'd like me to do the forward and wow. um, yeah so uh, Tony did the forward and we had our book launch on the same day at Upton Park because um, it was the same publisher they, they did both on the same day so and he was quite happy to share share that day with me uh, got a couple of nice photographs from it um uh, which again you know pre pre smartphone days so mm. it's limited i think there's only three photos in existence from that day that i've got anyway uh, and it's a very very precious memory for me wow and what are... and he's been he's been really good he gave me his number and we were able to uh, i was i've been able to ring him every now and then to sort of settle any disputes that <laughs> so, well, I'll tell you what. I'll ring. I'll ring Tony Cotty and ask him. Shall I? I'll prove yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. that. I love that. Yeah. What a phone call to say. Oh yeah, your first. You know, your first sort of West Ham book is. Oh yeah, Tony Cotty, <laughs> club legend. Wants to write. If, do you want to do it? Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool, yeah. yeah. That must have been the hardest decision you ever made, there. Robert. <laughs> right. So who's who? Have we got partnering TC up front then. Um, again, uh, a bit of an obscure choice, but um, I've gone for the on the the nice guy aspect. Um, the late Eamon Dolan. Um, don't know if you 
uh, ever saw him uh, play for West Ham. He was he was um, he was a real trier, mm. and uh, what he might have lacked in in, in talent for um, at, at that level, he certainly made up for in effort and, and application. And um, he, uh, I didn't didn't speak to him at the time he was at the club, but. Once he'd left, uh, I don't know if you know his story, he had uh, testicular cancer. Mm. Uh, and um, he had to retire while he was at Exeter. And they granted him a testimonial against West Ham. So uh, we all trekked down there on a Tuesday night to Exeter to, to go to this testimonial. And he was, we blagged our way into the um, players' bar afterwards, as, as we often did back in the 90s, and security was not quite so... No, we're we're friends of we're friends of you know whatever, uh, and we got in there and um, had a chat with him. Oh, what a lovely, lovely guy! And um, he gave us all testimonial ties, wow. and um, he was so 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 grateful for us making the effort to come all the way down from London uh, for his for his testimonial. And mm-hmm. um, I was so so sad when I heard that he passed on. I think it was. 2016 yes he died and um i believe i just read on wikipedia earlier today that uh reading have named a stand after him really because he was he was like a youth team coach there also or or not even have been assistant manager wow um just before his death so yeah it was really good oh lovely uh, and, and I'll, uh, I'll let you put Steve Potts on the bench. We don't even have a bench, but I know you. I know yeah, that's. Uh, okay. <laughs> I know that. I know that 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 that's uh, that's one close to your heart. So, all right. So that's that's a great team. So we have got Parks in goal. We have got Dixie on the left. We have got Slav and Rio in the middle. Piercy on the right back. And then we have got Laser left wing. Bish and Berkovic, two B's in the middle. We have got Radachor on the right, and then we've got Dolan and Cotty up front. That could do a job. It's a half decent team. That's a lovely yeah. job. Uh, I really, really want to say thanks, Rob, for, for this. It's been really, really no great chatting to you. Um, and as I said, obviously, everyone, you can check out Rob's channel. Uh, I'll put a link in the, in the description because it's um, it's great. And it is the Netflix of West Ham. If you And and the book. Don't forget the book. In National can, I just, Go for can it. I just say, um, all author proceeds, all author royalties are going to the NHS charities. Fantastic. Uh, as, as of a couple of weeks ago. So um, if you do happen to buy a copy, get one from me and I'll make sure the donation goes straight through to the Justice page. Great. great, Rob. And I'll, I'll link uh, Robert's Twitter feed and stuff in there so you can contact Lovely. Me. Okay, well, thanks very much for your time, Rob. And thank, um, you. And thank you for thank listening, you for everybody, me. and watching. And um, like and subscribe to the video, share it, and uh, we'll be back soon with another guest. Thanks very much. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.